Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Hello, friends. Welcome to Wednesday night. Good news Wednesday, I like to call it, because God is always up to something good. But tonight, uh, I want to call, I'm making a call to pray. Blow the trumpet in Zion, uh, it said in Joel. It's time to pray. It's time to to get hot and and turned on for the things of God. Most of you know that uh, we're living in a culture today where we're in a cultural war. Our nation is really in a lot of trouble. uh, But God has called us to pray. He's called us to intercede. We know this scripture. You've heard it many times before, I know. But uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about it again tonight. It's 2 Chronicles beginning in, in, verse, uh, in chapter 7, verse 11 through 16. It says Solomon had just finished the house of God and of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. And it says in verse 12, it says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heavens so no rain falls or no or I command locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. It, uh, then it goes on to say in verse 14, which we hear, have heard so many times before, but it says, if my people, my people, his people, the ones that are called by his name, by my name it says, humble themselves and pray and seek or crave, this is the Amplified, crave, require as necessity, my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. For I have chosen and sanctified and set apart for my purpose this house, that my name be, be, there, be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Listen, friends, his house, we are now the house of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the house of God. We are the temple of God. And he says if we will humble ourselves and pray, we would begin to do the things he would ask us to do. He would come and heal our land. But there's a, a big part we have to do. In Matthew 21, 13, Jesus says this, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Listen, it's just not enough to be saved and go to heaven. We have been called out <laughs> for the time such as this. We are called to pray, and not just as an opportunity. Well, I prayed when I feel like it. No, we've been called as, to pray as a responsibility. When you've joined a, the, the army of the Lord, you've been called to do things. You have to take orders and do certain things, and God has called us to pray. And for his purposes, that and uh, the word of God may go forth. Now, in verse 14 in the Amplified, it says, Shall humble themselves, pray, seek, crave, and require of necessity my face. That word crave means to ask with earnestness, to beseech, to implore, to ask with submission or humility. We're to come to God with humility. Listen, we're not God. He is. And we need his help at all times. We're to turn from our wicked ways. Listen, what you don't hate, you'll tolerate. What we see in America today is going on. If we don't hate it, now we may say we hate it, but what are we doing about it? 
Are we praying or are we just getting mad and listening to all the stuff going on and say, well, that isn't me and I, I don't care if it's not happening to me. No, we're not to do that. We're to, we're to not tolerate it by praying and interceding for the lost, the hurting, the dying, the sign. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Jesus said this about prayer. He said, men or people should always to pray and faint not. How many of you know if you're not praying today, you're going to be fainting? You're going to be uh, upset. You're going to be worrisome. You're going to be, uh, your heart's going to be uh, overcharged with, with all kinds of cares and worries and fears. And he says, uh, we need to pray. Men ought always to pray and faint not, it says, and not lose heart. If you haven't noticed, we are in a war. We are in a cultural war. We're in a spiritual war for the hearts and souls of America's people. And, and we have to pray. We have the weapons of our warfare, warfare aren't, are, are not carnal. Amen? Amen. A war for the hearts and uh, uh, souls of people. We've been called for such a time as this. I hope you know that. Say that. I've been called for such a time as this. In World War II, that which Tom Brokaw coined as the greatest generation, although uh, it was a great generation because it went to a physical war. My dad and, and uh, some of my, a couple of my uncles served in World War II. Uh, they, they heard the call, they got called into the Army of the, uh, of the United States, and one, one was in the Navy, one was in the Marine Corps, and one was in the, uh, the Army, my dad was in the Army. But they went and they fought a physical war uh, for, the, for the lifeblood of this country, and they prevailed. But listen, my friends, we've been called to a, a war, a stand-in for a war that's go, raging in our uh, nation right now and around the world, and it's a war that can't be fought with uh, spiritual me or with uh, carnal means. It's a war that be fought with spiritual means. We're in very, very, very dangerous times. In First Timothy, we know that scripture. First Timothy three, Paul's telling Timothy in the last days. Well, we're in the last of the last days, my friends, and it says it would be perilous or dangerous of uh, times of great stress and trouble hard to bear. We're dealing with that right now. I don't know about you, but we live in a time where uh, I, at my age, it, it, things are happening today that I, that, that I don't like and uh, things that uh, I don't agree with. But listen, I'm more concerned for my children and my grandchildren and, and uh, children and grandchildren of other people that what kind of world will they be living in? This is why I'm called to pray. Now listen to what Jesus said over in Mark 13, 33 through 37. Because Jesus was warning us about there would be wars and rumors of wars and there would be calamities and there would be famines and earthquakes and but also persecutions. That's what we're seeing today. But he gives this charge. Be on your guard, constantly alert, and watch and pray. For you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man already going on a journey. When he leaves his home, he puts his servants in charge, each with a particular task, and he gives orders to the doorkeeper to be constantly alert and on the watch. Therefore, watch, give strict attention, be cautious and alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening or at midnight or in the uh, cock crowing or in the morning. Watch, he says. 
I say, lest he come suddenly and unexpectedly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to everybody, give strict attention, be cautious, active, alert, and watch. What's being said here is Jesus is saying to the church today, be awake, don't be, don't be asleep, wake up, it's time. He said, we're not to be sleepless or asleep, asleep when he comes. We're to live our life in such a way that we, we can see what's happening in the world by the power of the Holy Spirit giving us direction and insight and showing us things to come. But if we're sleeping, if we're slumbering, if we're complacent, if we're apathetic about things in the church, we won't know that and we'll be caught sleeping. Over in, in uh, Ephesians 5.14, it says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. How many of you know we're to walk in the light, not in darkness? We've been called out of the darkness into the light. And it, it's, it's always a good thing to know what we're doing. It goes on to say, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools redeeming the time, for the days are evil. I'm not telling you anything new. If you've watched any news or read anything in the paper about anything that's going on in the world today, you know this country is in a mess. And it's one thing to, to, to say, well, we, let's vote for a politician, this politician or do this or do that. that. That's all well and good. I agree with some of those things. And I agree that we have a constitution and I believe that all those things, but we have an enemy that doesn't care about any of that. All he's trying to do is divide and pull down our nation. So we must know that this is an evil time, but God is calling his church, his warriors, his army, to wake up, wake up, we must pray in order to stand. How many of you know we must pray in order to stand because if we don't, we'll fall. That's what over in Ephesians 6, you know these scriptures too. I'm not, calling, I'm not talking to you anything tonight about something you probably don't already know. Maybe a few of you haven't heard these scriptures. Maybe a few of you don't know what the word of God says about certain things. But over in Ephesians chapter 6, it says this in verse starting in verse 10. It says, finally... Well, that's not the, it's not final in the fact it, it says insofar that the rest of your life and challenges are concerned. My brethren. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to the church. He's talking to those that are called by his name. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We're to be strong in the Lord. But you know what? We can't do things just ourselves. We can do all things in Christ who strengthens us. But he says he's... He's admonishing us, be strong in the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I hope you understand what's going on today are the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Listen, my friends, we're not fighting people. Oh yeah, it, people are obviously doing the, uh, the devil's bidding, but we're not fighting them. We're fighting demonic powers behind that. And we have to know that because it goes on to say, therefore, take up the whole armor of, of God that you may be able to withstand in this evil day that we're living in and having done all to stand. If you want to stand today, my friends, you've got to do certain things. If you're in the army, you know the army... Uh, or the Navy, or whatever armed branch you might have been, or whatever you know about, 
they always are practicing. They always are training. They always are ready to go to battle. Well, we need to be ready to go to battle right now. We need to put aside all, our, all the cares and worries and all the other stuff, all the differences that we have with one another, and be unified in this day and this hour. This is not a time to go off and get all uptight against each other. We're to be kind one to another, tender-hearted, loving one another, forgiving one another, helping one another. Why? Because the enemy is trying to divide us. And if we are divided, we will not stand. That's what it goes on to say. Let me go on and see what else it has to say. It goes on to say, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. How many of you know, without the word of God, we will not stand? Listen, my friends, we call ourselves a word church. We call ourselves a word church. But how many of you know, it's, if you don't know that word, it doesn't matter what you call yourself because you're not going to be able to stand. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on a breast breast plate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith with which you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God now we see that we have to arm ourselves every day going out this door out wherever, all the time with the armor of God Put on the armor of God. It says, uh, over, and it goes on to say, praying always, here we go, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Listen, my friends, we're in a, we're in a war, we're in a battle, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through the power of God, but we have to know that. But we have been called to pray. Paul says in one of my notes, it's his final directive, we are to be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. How many of you know we call ourselves Word of Faith, full gospel, uh, a Spirit-filled people? You know, we have something, we have a weapon called the Holy Ghost. We have a weapon called the tongues of, of, of the Holy Spirit that we can pray in in a constant way, knowing we're praying mysteries. Well, they're not mysteries to God because they're the will of God at all times but we're to begin to pray like that with all prayer i mean you know we need to unify ourselves together listen we are not being able to be here together as one body all the time but we're still one body there's no time or space in the spirit or division in the spirit if we don't allow it to be you can be praying at home. You can be seeking God at home. You can be praying in the Holy Ghost. You can be asking God show you how to, to bring about a change in this nation for the good. That you know, because it's God's will. How many of you know it's God's will that all people come to be saved? That's what He told us over. In, Paul told Timothy that we're to pray for all those. But it goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God is to prepare for battle. We're to prepare for the battle. We're not to stand back. You know, it's not just enough to come in and have uh, our needs met. It's, it's important that we have our needs met. And God's always uh, said he will meet our needs according to his riches. But listen, it's important that we see other people's needs met. It's important that we see others' lives changed and, and come to the full knowledge of the, of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Prayer is the battle itself with God's word being our chief weapon employed against satan during our struggle got to know the word but you got to pray listen 
It's not enough to pray, well, Lord, just bless us for no more, you know. No, it's, it's finding out the, the plan and purpose for God has for us in this life. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How's that going to happen? How's that people are going to come to know him? And how are people going to live a life that's godly? How is a nation going to turn around? It's because somebody will pray. Amen? The focus of our spiritual warfare, warfare is ultimately the opening of doors so that the ministry of the gospel may be advanced. How many of you know that the word of God has to go forth for people to get saved? Amen? Now, all through history, God's called his people to pray and partner with him to advance his will on earth. He's called us to partner with him. We're not just uh, little minions that go about and, and, and here on this earth until, until the great by and by when we go to heaven. He's called us, hey, he's called us out of this to be a partner with him. I mean, I mean, I know you're partnered with, partner with the greatest king of the universe. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus, has paid a price so you could partner with, with God Almighty. In Ezekiel twenty two thirty, it says, I sought for a man among them that should make up a hedge and stand in the gap before me, before, the, before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. How many of you know he's looking for us? <laughs> he's looking for us, church, to stand in the gap. For the lost, the hurting, the dying, the sign, the turmoil, the chaos that's going on in this world, to stand against that. Goes on First Timothy, you know this scripture in chapter 2. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, uh, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. God is always seeking and searching for those who will pray and stand with him. Are you ready to do that? It's time to pray, my friends, for an awakening and a revival across this land. It's past time if you want to know the truth. God's looking for us. Stand in. Believe him. If we are able to see a great awakening, we must be outwardly focused rather than inwardly obsessed. Outwardly focused. Are we looking out and seeing what's happening? Are we watching the news and saying, oh, that's terrible. I don't know what we're going to do. Or are you saying, God, help us. Turn this nation around. We're imploring you. We're praying, Lord, send revival, send an awakening. You know, he's done that many times before. We must declare, this is the generation of those who seek him, who seek his face. We must declare that. Through our history, we see God intervene in the lives of people and save them from their destruction. Amen? How did he do that? Well, we've, you know, I've, I've been one to read about um revivals and awakenings for a long time and listen God when people begin to pray when people begin to cry out to God it changes things in the Old Testament we saw well that Psalm 107 is one of my favorite scriptures where the people of Israel were always messing up and then they'd cry unto the Lord and he'd save them out of their distresses and then he'd say oh give thanks unto the Lord for his goodness and his mercy which endures forever and he would go on and do that. The reframe all the way through, through there was give thanks unto the Lord. Praise him. Thank him for his goodness. And he delivers you when you begin to do that. But I, I read about men like uh, George Whitfield and, and uh, Jonathan Edwards and John Wesley who were part of the great first awakening, great awakening in this nation that turned this nation around and 
uh, much of the credit for our nation today was given to the revivals that went forth and the awakening that went forth when Whitfield preached and Edwards preached and Wesley preached and changed a nation that we became a nation in the first great awakening. Read about revivals like Evan Roberts in the Welsh revival who uh, was a coal miner, uh, went and worked in the coal mines at 11 years old, didn't go to school past 11 years old, but had a heart for God and began to read about, about, uh, about revivals and, uh, uh, throughout the history of time and began to pray at 15 years old. And at 26 years old, a revival took place in, in Wales and 150,000 people were saved. Now you say, well, that don't sound like too many. It would if the population wasn't that great. So, and the bars closed down, the people were turned to God. Amen. How many of you think about uh, Jonah when he went to Nineveh? Nineveh was a terrible, terrible place. But yet the word of God went forth and they repented and they turned around and their, their, their nation was saved. You see this time and again. We see in, in, 19, in the 1900s, the Azusa Street Revival. Amen. Where the Holy Ghost was poured out on a whole group of people. Aren't, won't you want to be a part of that? We live in a day and an hour where we, we need to wake up, my friends. Wake up. Don't hold anything against anybody. Say, I'm going to be a part of what God's doing on this earth today. I'm not going to let little disagreements and, and problems cause me, keep me from doing what God's called me to do. You'll be so distracted and so uh, and to a point that you forget what you're called to do. We're called out of darkness, my friends. We're called to be the light this day and this hour, but we can't do that without the word and without prayer. Listen to what R.A. Torrey says for a prescription for a strategy or prescription for winning. I can give a prescription that will bring revival. Oh, we need revival. We need a prayer revival. We need the people to pray, to get on their knees and cry out to God, God, save this nation. Save this nation. Save people across this land. Let rise up men and women, boys and girls that will preach the gospel, that will change men's souls. But he goes on to say, I will give a prescription that will bring revival to any church or community or any city on earth. First, let a few Christians get thoroughly right with God. It's called repentance. I hope you have up-to-date repentance. God, forgive me for whatever. Amen? Forgive me. Get right with If this is not done, he goes on to say, the rest will come to nothing. Second, he says, let them bind together to pray for revival until God opens the windows of heaven and comes down. Well, we know the Holy Spirit is here already, but we also know that he can open up uh, windows to pour out blessing on people. Amen? Third, let them put themselves at the disposal of God for his use as he sees fit in winning others to Christ. Then he says, that is all. It cannot fail. My, my, my. It cannot fail. I believe with all my heart. <laughs> the good news tonight is God is still on the throne. God is still doing great things. What kind of legacy will we have, Living Word Family Church? What kind of legacy will you have as an individual? Will, you, will we be called people of the word and prayer? Fervent prayer? You know, James puts it like that. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. What's that fervent? That means hot. That means turned on. Thinking about what God wants you to do on this earth rather than just for ourselves. 
We're to pray, pray to a passion to pray. Last week I talked about a passion, passion for God. Listen, if you have a passion for God, you'll have a passion to pray. He's not asking us to be lukewarm. Ian Bounds says, true prayer must be a flame. <laughs> a flame. Amen? Begin now to pray for revival. A mighty move of God, an awakening across this land. First Peter 4, 7, I read this at prayer the other night. And it says this, Peter says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. Went on to say, as David reminded me, uh, David Galford, he said the next part of that scripture says, and having a fervent love for one another, for one another, for the brethren, for the people of God. Amen. Let's lay down our differences. Let's stand up for God. Let's go forth this time and this hour. We're called, we will be called the gen greatest generation at some point in our time, but we'll pray and seek God. And know that he's on the throne doing great things. But he take, it takes us to help him. We're his agents on the earth. He set it up. We didn't. That we would be his agents on the earth. That we would be his army on the earth. That we would be going at his directive. Doing the things he would ask us to do. So I, pr I pray tonight that you would search your heart. Say, God, have I been praying? There is a sin called prayerlessness. And, and we don't want to fall into that prayerlessness. We want to be people that are on fire for God people of his word and people to pray amen and watch him do marvelous things it's not too late it's not too late but let's don't be complacent let's don't be apathetic let's be on point let's occupy that because we are called this time for this time amen so we, as we're closing down here just got a few minutes my director said just got a few minutes let's pray right now and believe god for an awakening for revival Pray with me right there where you're at. Father, I thank you so much that you've called us for such a time as this. You've called us out of darkness into the light of your dear son that we might go forth standing in the gap for those that are lost and hurting and dying and sighing. We thank you that you haven't given us carnal weapons, but you've given us mighty spiritual weapons that whereby we can arm ourselves and go forth praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for our nation. I pray that there would be a true revival, that there would be an awakening to grow across this land. Raise up men and women, boys and girls that would pray and stand in the gap and believe God for the lost, the hurting, the dying, and the sign. Lord, let there be, let there be a, a, a unity in the church of God, in the Living Word Family Church, and all the churches called by your name, that we have been called for such a time as this, that we might do what the will of God, that we might see the blessings of God pour out upon a nation that is so in desperate need of it. We thank you for all you do for us. We thank you, Lord, that we are on the winning team. We thank you, Lord, that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, and we can stand in and, and see your mighty works go across this land. Help us to do that today. Help us to be full of the word and full of the prayers of God that we might operate and cooperate with you in this this time that was so needed in jesus mighty name i pray that you do that i pray that you hook up with prayer listen my friends it is such a time god needs us all he's looking for us all to do what he's asked us to do and we'll do it with with many blessings being poured out and it will be well with us and we thank you for viewing this tonight i pray that it would stir your hearts to pray for the for us and for the nation as we go forth in Jesus' name. Be blessed and have a good night. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. 
Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.